you know, people are so afraid of carbohydrates. They think it's going to just mess up their chemistry. That's not the case. Like, and I think it's good for people when they start to actually still have carbohydrates. It's good for performance. It, you know, they don't have to be afraid of it. They just need to understand and respect them, you know, like have some, but don't go crazy. <laughs> like, cause that's where you get hurt. So usually about 30% carbs and about 30% fat. In some cases, if they're older athletes, we might bump the fat up and bring the carbs down, they tend to do a little bit better. I've seen in general with more almost ketogenic style diets. It's nice to have that slow digest, a little bit more fat because usually their digestion and metabolism is like 30% is going to be fine for them to begin with. This is the Strategy of Fitness podcast. Our goal is to energize and entertain fitness enthusiasts by sharing insights from experts in the health and wellness community. From physical therapy perspectives to interviews with professional athletes, special operators, nutritionists, and coaches. We want to help you be your best self. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness. Whoop in the strategy of fitness. It has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Check out the link in our Instagram bio. Get $30 off your first month subscription. Get the brand new 4.0 and start this year off right. Track your sleep, track your recovery, track your daily strain. There's no better tech to wear every single day and hold you accountable. Of course, this podcast is your weekly accountability, buddy, but there's nothing better on the market than Whoop. Check it out. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Rowland. What up, boys? Uh, nothing. Just finished up uh, some nice pork tenderloin for dinner. Rob helped me out majorly with the smoke, so thanks there, Robbie. Dan, did you make it through the day? I was worried about you in the text group this morning. You seemed a little stressed about your day. Are you good? Are you settled in now? You make yeah, it man. I just had, I did, Honestly, I was up at 5, hit a run, had the Rugrats all day. They woke up at like 6. It was like right when I was going to the shower. Leah actually had work today. I mean, nobody wants to hear any of this bullshit. It was just a busy day because here's the thing. I, I text you guys for specific smoke advice. I know we're getting putting the cart in front of the horse, but I text you guys for specific smoker advice. And here's the reason why. Obviously, I can go on the Traeger fucking whatever and just Google it. But if you ask how to smoke something, you might get three different answers. Like I'm basing all of this on your experience on like what you've done. So I was like, I'm not as much of an ass climber. Like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, in terms I of just Googling think it's intersect. funny that every time you add, you said it too. You finished my thought in the group thread today. Uh, Rob's are too complicated. That's why. You ask a question and then you immediately say, well, fuck you. I'm not doing it that way. Oh, it's great. It's the best. And and, and mostly because Rob, because he always complicates it. He always throws like one or two extra layers on it. And Nick gives me the straightforward. Now, I'm sure it's fucking awesome. But then he'll throw out a green. Like, I don't have fucking maple syrup kicking around. Like, what, what am I? Well, I live in Vermont. You know, like, Who doesn't have maple syrup? And you, I mean, you want exact up, time frames of when the food's going to be ready. A six-pound tenderloin is going to take a lot longer than a half-pound tenderloin. I can't give you the time. You can't fit it on there. For I need ballparks, bro. It's a feel thing, Dan. This is why we don't bake. We smoke. You got to go by feel <laughs> Well, it turned out pretty well. Good. What would you guys hit in the gym? I'm fired up, by the way. Lipson was great. Dave Lipson, we had him back on. You guys will love him. I'm going to just defer to what I was talking with Lipson about. That leg day fucking terrorized me. I, I still am having, like, I, I was running this morning. I, I can't even talk about how bad my ass felt even during my run. And that leg day was Sunday. So that was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. I think I pushed the weight up on some stuff, too. It was rough. So the Lipson leg day from Sunday was great. What about you, Rob? Two for me. 
One was yesterday was a big day. Usually uh, my students at the end of their rotation with me, we got to run the upstairs in the, the football stadium. Didn't do it during COVID. Didn't do it last year because of my grocery card accident. Couldn't go upstairs that fast. So yesterday's the first time I've done it in a long time. Still smoking these young kids on the steps. Felt pretty good. My legs are pretty toasted today. And I sent you guys a video. Hit that just on a whim. Went for the 275 for five Hankley. I mentioned that a long time ago. Wasn't thinking about lifting, wearing my running sneakers. You guys roasted me for it, but feeling pretty powerful, man. Feeling good. Uh, the only thing to roast you in the video was was actually the sneakers. They looked. Yeah, uh, looks I, I'm so jelly. You're, 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 you guys both have beautiful front racks. That just your hands are so wide. You get such a nice, relaxed hand position, and you got I nice for the longest time. That was a sketchy fucking. The, my video in return was so <laughs> so sketchy. I almost. Yeah, I get, I get worried when you come down with those loads on your yeah. chest. I mean, the loads on your chest are just really phenomenal, and then you got to almost al- al- almost dangerous. Sure. So, is, is, you know Nick a lot longer. Is he like a constant one-upper? Like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I Traeger, this thing is great. And Nick's like, oh, I just got the, the Ironwood 75. The funniest thing is that I'm not. Smoker. He's not a one-upper at all. I, I will definitely say that Nick isn't a one-upper. However, let me let me think of a good analogy for it. If you're going to come to Mike Trout's baseball camp and, like, fucking try to fire up a home run, like, Damn right, Mike Trout's gonna fucking blast one four sixty to show you what the fuck's up. Like you're coming to so, Nick with some shit. I, I just sent the video out. I wasn't posing a challenge out there, and then so two seventy five for five hand cleans. Nick does the two seventy five for five hand cleans, and then throws five. I don't know if we call them split jerks, but split push presses on top of it without putting the bar down. Well, I, again, this is the thing: is he's just doing this. He's always doing this, so he'll always have a video on deck to say, "Like this is a just, fair point." Like, like it's not like he's trying to one up you. This is just like his normal fucking. Look, bro, there, Fridays right? are off days. You shoot over this really impressive, cool thing. I'm looking at it during work hours. I'm like, I can't fucking wait to lift. And then I warm up. I didn't warm up jerks before that. I just thought about it as I did. I said, oh, this five felt okay. Let's see if I can jerk a few of these. So then I did a couple jerks, and I was like, well, let's go for five. And, you know, I'm, like, laughing at the camera. So <laughs> certainly not one-upping, but I don't get to work out with anyone. And that was our, you know, we're, it, for, by extension, we were working out. If that um, motivated you for the workout for the day, I'm, I'm all for it. You can, it did. You can five up all of my workout videos. I love it. I love, I love that stuff. And, look, you still beat my ass in a squat, I'll tell you that much. I did a fun workout yesterday on the biker so it was eight minutes one minute on one minute off 35 double unders right to max standing damper 10 biker meters holy shit your legs you don't realize 35 little double unders you're getting done those in about 10 20 25 seconds and you're hitting right onto that biker as hard as you can on that heavy damper and you get a minute to recover it's a good one, Robbie. If you ever are dicking around, you just want a quickie. Let me. So eight rounds, you do that for a minute, rest for a minute. So 16 minutes total. 16 minutes okay. total. 35 double unders, max standing, heavy damper, biker meters. And I was well over 400 on each of them, but it hurt. It was good. So, all right, Dan, tee up Dave, if you don't mind. Yeah, we got the Thunder Bro, Dave Lipson. We had him on before. This in specific interview is going to be more – talking about diet, nutrition. I know that's a big topic that a lot of you guys want to get into, and there's nobody better to talk about it than somebody who eats, sleeps, lives it, and breathes it than uh, Dave Lipson, bodybuilder, uh, former CrossFitter, needs no introduction. So hope you guys enjoy. 
Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast, Dave Lipson, absolute Hall of Famer and the Thunderbro. What's up, man? That's my wife right there. Hey, this kid, what's up? I remember having such a good time on the podcast with you guys that it's probably because you are mastering the bro dynamic, you know, it's just like, I love slinging iron with my buddies in the gym. Like this is you guys just like hamming it up and on a podcast. So fun, man. And and we had a blast with you last time talking just more physical fitness. Now we're going to get into the diet side of the house. But before we do that, I got to, we got to shout you out because Dan has been sticking to Thunderbro for months and months and months. Right. Every single week he is talking about how much he loves it. So Dan, let's give a little, let's give a little review right in front of Dave. So a couple things. First off, fuck off for Sunday's leg day or Saturday. Uh, I, I do it Sunday. It's, Monday. Usually, it's every Monday. Every Dude, Monday. This, this week about buried me. The 75 reps of landmine hack squat. Like what the fuck? Yeah, with those little pulse reps. Oh, just truly awful. But anyway, loving the Thunderbird programming. Just kind of rehabbing a bad wrist injury and it's from a physical therapist. So from a safety standpoint, I couldn't recommend it more highly, you know, as long as you know the movements, as long as you have a good understanding of kind of what you're doing there, I couldn't recommend it any higher because again, so much of it is done at lighter weight. So much of it's done at tempo for my body changes. I sent these guys some shirtless pics and some nudes and they they love it. They love it. So they're, they're digging it, you know, and I'm kind of probably the more like traditional endurance type athlete build. So it's really helped me put on some size. I'm up to like 195, 196 from like 188, which doesn't sound like a lot, but like, you know, no, I definitely, know it is. Yeah, I definitely noticed it. And I mean, I'm 38 years old. It's not like I'm, I always think of myself as like wedding crashers when they're on the steps and he looks at the other guys like, you know, we're not that young. You know, that's kind of how I feel about myself right now. Well, you already always hear, you know, some medical statistics about declining testosterone. And, you know, after the age of 26, you've reached muscle maturity and, you know, it only gets harder from here. But it honestly, for most people, it doesn't make a difference because they've never trained and lived this way. So they're still. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I've, I've responded really well. I love the little core work. So I'll get a couple of those in each week. You throw in like the EMOMs or, or the AMRAPs. So you get a little of your CrossFit fix. You get a little of your, you know, kind of that bodybuilding core type fix. And then all the bodybuilding splits that you want, all the, it hits all the boxes. And I'll say the leg day has got to be some sort of hybrid between powerlifting, CrossFit style strength training and bodybuilding because the leg day is really, I think what's changed the game the most. That leg day has made me so much stronger. And I, I didn't even fuck with, I had my back squat PR in December. I think I started the Thunderbro in like October. So this is going back last year. I think I started Thunderbro in October and then end of December, I hit a PR back squat. I didn't touch anything close to that, but I was just, you know, on your program and just kind of fired it up. Well, I'll tell you, like the program is notorious for having the most epic leg days. Like, you know, and I'm not just talking about like, oh, you're going to hit a, a one or a three or a five rep max. We actually very rarely even do that. But this is just about accumulating quality repetitions over long periods of time. And unlike, you know, a lot of functional fitness communities, they're probably used to training legs like multiple times a week. What I've learned in, in bodybuilding and specifically with regard to hypertrophy and getting people to respond is one, they have to be doing really destructive leg days because without that you're only operating at a fraction of your capacity in terms of total body muscle growth it's such a big catalyst to just developing total body strength and size your upper body is going to get bigger by hammering you know yourself really bad and and then you need to allow the time to recover so like every monday is leg day but you don't really lift legs again about 48 hours later you'll do a conditioning workout that'll be a leg flush 
And same thing on Friday that week, you'll do a little light leg flush in the conditioning work. But like, it's the point where you're usually sore until Wednesday, still a bit traumatized on Thursday and Friday. And then by the weekend, you feel like you're ready to go there again, mentally and physically. But that time allows for healing and remodeling and and even, you know, a, a mental reset. And you'll notice the first three days of the week are always the hardest days, like legs, chest and back are always going to be the hardest days. You got the big, the most amount of muscle involved there. And then, you know, Thursday and Friday kind of just ramps down and slowly the intensity goes down and starts up again the next week. But check out the t-shirt we made. And I wish I had one on me, but it says legendary, but the word leg day in legendary is highlighted. And it's the, you can't spell legendary without leg day. And that's the whole mantra here is like, you need to have ridiculously hard leg days to ever achieve a legendary physique. I know it's probably been a year since your infamous chest day. I want to see if Dr. Thunderbro can diagnose when you gave yourself that unilateral <laughs> breast augmentation, because those pictures are, are yeah. saved forever in my phone. So when I started up, it was right after my surgery and I got cleared and I was like, okay, you can start doing some bodybuilding stuff. Rob's been kind of guiding me along in the rehab. I hit the chest day and dude, my boobs never experienced anything like that. And my left pec where I had the surgery on my left wrist blew up to like seven times a normal size pec. I mean, it was literally, I was walking around with a D cup. I was looking for my wife's uh, bra to figure it out, man. I was scared shitless. I don't know what was going on. So that was interesting. Decent amount of muscle damage. I mean, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I think people are used to equating heavy with hard or heavy with intense, but most of what I do isn't about making heavyweights feel light. It's about making lightweights feel heavy. So it's not like the movements you're doing, you've done them before, but it's really how you're doing the movements that make a world of difference in terms of, you know, challenging the muscles to flirt with failure beyond just speed and load. But most of what we're doing with our athletes is just giving them a better understanding and redefining what intensity can be beyond, you know, your score on the bottom of the whiteboard. Because at the end of the day, your body doesn't care. You got to apply the stress and get to an alarm state and allow for the adaptation. And you got to rinse and repeat that over years. So like, it doesn't matter what you lifted today. The only thing that really matters is that you're consistently taking those muscles close to failure and letting them heal up. Wonderful. It was a very fun couple of weeks in the group thread. So, so look, <laughs> like we said, we kind of touched on the diet last time. Before we segue into a very broad topic that I know that you're going to take us to school about, I want to touch on because I think it's very timely. You're starting this challenge September 5th. What is this 30-day shred challenge? It looks pretty intense. I like the sounds of it. Oh, yeah, it sounds good, right? Well, we we launch one every month. So it's a 30-day challenge. It kicks off the first Monday of every month. The tagline of the challenge is cut body fat lightning fast. And I mean, listen, if I could kind of summarize it simply, it's like a deep dive into stacking the deck in the athlete's favor with everything we can do in 30 days. I mean, not just the training, not just nutrition, but the lifestyle, the nutrient timing, the recovery, you know, the supplements, all that stuff. And it's if I was saying, hey, if I stack the deck in your favor, if I try to control everything I could control to help you maximize your ability to burn body fat, we just committed to this for 30 days, what could you accomplish? And that's the 30-day shred challenge. So, you know, we get huge transformations in there. You know, it's like guys going from zero to hero. Typically, most guys are losing 
between 10, 15 pounds in a month. Most girls are losing between five and 10, but it's, it's very similar to the protocols I use in bodybuilding show prep, just kind of distilled down to the layman. So, you know, I was obviously doing really advanced stuff and all kinds of, you know, in-depth things. And I just wanted to kind of take that concept of progressive caloric deficits, depletion workouts, nutrient timing, intermittent fasting, the supplements we use, and, and see if we could kind of make this uh, a user-friendly you know, entry point for people who just like really want to get the ball rolling. Because I feel like a lot of times we'll get people who's like, ah, I'm trying to trying to lose some weight and yada, yada, but like it's like a half step forward and two steps back and they never really end up anywhere. And the problem is you just got to fucking commit to it. You know, like you just have to go all in and be committed and control all those factors you can to get that needle moving. And then once you do that, just like in training, then you need to push the intensity. So it's nice. And a lot of people, when they do the challenge, I mean, they learn so much about diet, about prepping their own food, about understanding their bodies and how it adapts and changes. A lot of them are learning when it comes to cutting body fat, the same as when it comes to gaining muscle mass. But if your body's going to move in any direction, slimmer or more muscle, it's not going to be a comfortable process with your training or with your nutrition. And I think everybody's always on board with the training. They're like, oh yeah, I got to train hard. It's going to really suck. But as soon as they get like a tiny bit hungry, they're like, Oh, you know, like they can't, they can't hack it. And so part of that for them is learning that, you know, those two things often go hand in hand. And uh, it's just about understanding the right amount of a deficit, what they should be looking for, you know, by week four, the prescription that they got in week one seems super duper easy. It feels like a refeed day by week four, because they've, you know, adapted to it over time. And that's the nature of nutrition coaching, just like training is like, you know, I couldn't give everybody just like one prescription and expect that they would continue continue to progress the whole month. You know, typically out of a baseline prescription, we'll see a progress maybe for a week or two, but then it levels off. And this is a race. This is like, we got a short period of time. Let's get you lined up and dialed up as best we can. You know, a lot of those people will convert. They love the training. We use muscle anarchy. So they'll stay in the training. A lot of them love the idea of doing weekly check-ins with a coach. So they'll sign up for private nutrition coaching. And a lot of them just kind of like try to continue the system on their own or repeat it for two or three months. So we've had, we had some people that have lost over a hundred pounds with this challenge specifically. And you're saying, Oh, I'm 38 years old. Well, we've had a lot of elderly people achieve the best aesthetic of their lives over the age of 50, which is really fucking cool to say like, Hey, I've, I've never seen my abs in my life and I'm 50 years old. I'm seeing them for the first time. And we also get a lot of demographics that don't typically think Thunder Bros for them. So we get a lot of, a lot of females that think Thunder Bros just for guys, but the concept of fat loss really resonates with them. So they're willing to give it a go and they fall in love with the community. You know, most of them stay and they're so valuable because we want to get, you know, Thunder Bros are everybody. And it's, it's just about helping people find their thunder, you know, whether it's a bro or a bro Safina or somebody old or young or tr- very highly trained or not trained at all. It's, it's really just about helping you achieve that aesthetic be that person you always wanted to be. So when I looked over the 30 day challenge, I do see that you guys repeat it. And I was looking through kind of some of the modalities that you use. I was very interested because one of the hardest things for anyone, and you know this better than I do, is for one, getting people to be urgent and committed to something on a timeline and also to get started, right? And not be intimidated. So let's say, forget the challenge, just in general walks of life, someone wants to get started. You've been way past that. What do you do? What do you tell them? 
they're 35 years old. They work out a couple times a week. They're generally unhappy with the way they look in the mirror. They think, man, the world's kind of caving on me. I'm getting older. It's kind of, you know, the I've never seen my abs, right? What should those folks be looking for? I mean, what are the, what are the immediacies that they should be, you know, taking a look at if they're not going into some, you know, 30 day sprint window? It's a complicated question. And what I found is that like really good experienced coaches, they don't make complicated questions more complicated. They make complicated questions <laughs> simpler, right? So so obviously, you know, the, the three big facets everyone should be looking at and paying attention to is their training, their nutrition, and their internal chemistry. Those are really the pillars at which we're all going to stand on. It's going to determine our success. They all affect each other. You need to kind of be able to look at those things to meet someone where they're at. You also need to meet them where they're at in terms of like their lifestyle and the way they're used to living. Right. So like if we're coming from soda and pizza for me to say, Hey, you're going to weigh and measure your food and eat a diet with specific types of foods. It's just not realistic for me to ask them that they're going to fail in that scenario. So I think the first thing is just meeting them where they're at is understanding, you know, what are the small steps they can start taking to accumulate some wins because it's really the wins that create the consistency. You know, compliance is the science of all this stuff. So if you're able to do it, even if it's going for a 10 minute walk and coming back and feeling successful, that success builds momentum. And that's what ultimately is going to lead to somebody's success to get where, where they want to be. So, you know, for my mom and dad, I'm not giving them macronutrient prescriptions. I'm just like looking at their plate and saying, Hey, maybe a little bit more meat, maybe a little bit less bread. You know, And one place that I do really love to start with someone who is new to nutrition, like never tried anything, just eats what they eat, you know, whatever it might be. If I have the chance to go into their house and look in their pantry and look in their refrigerator and start by just taking everything that can hurt them, right? So like we go and we take away all the processed food, all the sugar laden products, all the sodas, all the highly, you know, corn syrup stuff. Like we just take it and we don't have to throw it away, but we put it in a bag and we tie it up and put it in the closet and say, Hey, you know, cause there's an emotional attachment to that stuff, but they're going to have to rifle through the closet to get it and take that stuff out. Like remove the things that can hurt you. It's kind of similar to injury, right? Like take away the movement. That's going to fuck up your back. Just stop doing it. And then, you know, the second step is going to the supermarket and starting to familiarize yourself with real whole foods, just on the perimeter of the grocery store. So you say, Hey, just walk around the edges, skip the bakery, but like, just get familiar with what's not in the aisles. What's not necessarily in boxes, but you know, you come in the store, you take it right. You got your fruits and vegetables. You keep going around. Now you're at the butcher shop, keep heading down. Now it's cheese and meat and you know, you're out the door. So that's kind of a, a, a very easy place to start is just try to focus your attention on the perimeter. Usually I'll give them simple homework tools like, Hey, I want you to identify three types of protein, three types of vegetables, three types of fruits, three different types of nuts or fats or oils that you think you like to eat. And that's the only thing that's going to be available to you right now. So when you go in the refrigerator, you know, even if you're just eating avocados or you're just eating your oranges or whatever, it's probably still much better than where people are coming from. That's from the, the entry point for the, from the nutrition side. From the training side, it's really similar. You know, it's like, what are you doing? How much time do you have to train? How many days of the week? You know, depending on your training vernacular, your biometrics, you know, your history and exposure to this stuff. It may be body weight movement. We may get to touch some weight the first time. It's just, you know, kind of, again, meet them where they're at and, and give them a roadmap to feeling successful. I love meeting them where they're at. And I also love you started with going into the cabinets 
Man, all the people that I talk to that have a hard time with diet, it is snacking and drinking their calories as much as anything. It's sodas, it's juices, it's the little chips, the this, that. It's like replace that stuff with fruit, with veggies, drink some sparkling water. We love that on this podcast, especially, you know, that is, that's the place to start. And then we can dial in your proteins and your carbs and you know how you weigh your food, et cetera. Right. I think that's the easiest way to begin because people will get hungry. You know, most people who've never done this stuff, they're usually suffering from some form of like metabolic derangement. You know, they, they have very poor insulin sensitivity, so, you know, they're going to go through almost like getting off the crack <laughs> for a little bit because they're not getting that calorically dense, highly processed, sugar laden stuff all the time. So, you know, it's, it's an addiction. Just having those available. Okay. You're like pigging out on meat and vegetables and fruit and nuts. Like go have at it. You know, like you're still going to be fine. You have to eat a lot of broccoli to satisfy the same amount of carbs and a Snickers. So at least it's a better choice. The other thing people tend to go through with that is just an adjustment through their gut because most people are not used to eating that much fiber. So, you know, sometimes I counsel people on ways to bind things up a little bit, so to speak, supplements they can use and things like that. Because, you know, you go from like eating almost no fiber to eating a ton of fiber. That's a, it's a big environmental change in your body. Awesome tips for, for people just getting started. And another thing where I see people really fucking up is breakfast. People will get like bars or like sugary cereals. I think eggs is the perfect food. Like some people will, I mean, I think this is more back in the day, vilify eggs, but what is your um, prescription for eggs? And I know you're a bodybuilder and bodybuilders love egg whites at all times. Okay. always. So how many eggs a day do you eat? How many egg whites do you eat? And what do you recommend for people out there that are getting started in terms of eggs in the morning? If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily... I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Well, first off, I don't even remember breakfast. I mean, like, uh, unless I'm prepping for a bodybuilding show and I'm trying to do like a mass accumulation phase or cut down, usually just for general health, I usually do an intermittent fast. So I'm not really eating much breakfast, sometimes like a, a protein shake or, you know, a little bit of, of protein. Uh, and I find that for general wellness with most people doing like a 16, eight fast is great for them metabolically health wise, you know, uh, 
blood markers, all that stuff seems to get a little bit better. But, you know, eggs are great. They're amazing. You know, my diet right now is, is pretty specific, right? The same types of foods. And these are foods that I've just been able to identify as ones that really like me. Like I do well with it. I digest them well. I feel good. So I keep it simple for myself, which is like a lot of steak and eggs. And usually I'll do a small steak fillet. And the reason I keep it smaller is, you know, eating a big steak, you know, and a lot of people sometimes do these carnivore diets. They eat like once a day an enormous steak. That's just like so hard for your body to process. It really throws you off or you just want to like lie down and get the meat sweats after. So I usually do just like a four ounce steak with, with two or three hard boiled eggs. And I'll do that two or three times a, a day. Steak is usually my meal two or three times a day. I'll alternate that with things like lean chicken breast, uh, sometimes with like lamb, venison. Also, I like uh, lean ground turkey, but you know, usually two to three times a day, I'm getting steak and eggs. So it ends up being four to six eggs a day, I guess. <laughs> And you got to eat the yolks, you know, like egg whites are great, but in terms of bodybuilding benefit and health benefits, the yolks really are where it's at. So don't skip them out. If, you, if you're, you know, the reason why bodybuilders do the egg whites a lot is because when they're cutting, they're so limited on fat that they don't want to like waste it on an egg yolk. So, you know, they're, they're keeping it really, really low for the sake of keeping this, getting themselves incredibly lean, but you know, for just strength and wellness and, and health, egg yolks are outstanding. A lot of good vitamins there too, right? The egg yolks. Yep. Yeah. And the, the, the leucine, you know, it's great for protein synthesis. There's a, a really good book. Actually, I think I got it right here with me. I always keep it nearby because I reference it so much. My buddy Stan Efforting wrote this book. It's called The Vertical Diet. This is it right here. It's a flexible kind of diet, but it's really just about eating the foods, not just foods you like, but the foods that like you, things that are going to optimize gut health and digestion and keep you out of trouble. And, you know, you can do whatever macro split you want on it. You can eat a caloric surplus, you can eat a deficit, but it's really the food types of like what you're putting in your body that the focus is. It's great for recovery. And that's like, you know, Stan's been preaching this stuff for years and years. I don't know. This is like, this is his first like official book because before it was just kind of like a PDF. But uh, if you guys are interested in, in the science behind steak and eggs and salmon and, and all these cool foods, go ahead and uh, check out that book. And liver. How about liver? When I was doing in the early days of bodybuilding, when I first started competing, I would do desiccated liver, but it's like a tablet. It's not, it doesn't taste like anything. It's just like, you know, a desiccated liver tablet. And uh, I didn't really notice much of a difference. So I just kept eating more steak. Yeah, this, but, this whole world, we're all just a bunch of followers and sheep. We're just getting, you know, oh, some guy looks ripped and says he likes likes eating raw liver. And next thing you know, every other person I see is taking liver tablets from wherever the hell they, my wife. Well, she you know, I've been telling her to take fish oils for, for 10 years. She's like, oh, I can't swallow them. It bothers me. She's taking six liver King tablets. A, a day. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to look like the liver King. It's going to make me lean. I think any verse health, fitness and training coach professional easily recognizes that, you know, this is all a marketing ploy. You got an asshole on every corner, but you got like the, the carnivore nut people. You got the bulletproof coffee nuts. Subscribing to these extreme diets becomes a part of your identity. It's like my value isn't the fact that I eat raw food. You know, like, um, it's, it's a brilliant marketing ploy, but in terms of what people are expecting, it's probably a farce. You know, like one is not a healthy idea to eat raw food. You're going to get a parasite. A <laughs> hey, hey, number one, use fire, which man created. 
Yeah, I don't want to make accusations. I don't make accusations about like what people are doing, what person is doing this steroid or that steroid. Gun, gun to your head, what's his? What's he cycling? Like, what's his his regimen? Gun, gun would, to your head. Let's say spitball. I wouldn't even speculate, but whatever it is, it's it's not from eating raw meat. You know, like oh, yeah. there, there are physical signs you can tell when it comes to like carnivore diets, and the biggest one is that on a carnivore diet, you're not eating a lot of carbs, which means you're usually a little bit low in muscle glycogen, which affects the volume of the muscle. So it's what a lot of bodybuilders will term as flat. You see this a lot in show prep where, you know, they weren't able to carb up before getting on stage. So their muscles couldn't hold much volume because they're so depleted in muscle glycogen that it's, it's just not able to feel full. So when you see people that look like kind of like flat tires and maybe they look like ripped, like their, their veins are popping out, but they don't have full blown up muscles. That's a, a keto diet type of person, you know, that's a carnivore diet type of person. You need the carbs to have the fullness. So, you know, it's, it's not happening with both. So I've heard people say, Oh, I think he's taking insulin or this and that or whatever. It, it doesn't matter because like all the people he's referencing that ate the carnivore diet, they look nothing like him. So what's, you know, like if finally one other person that exclusively does carnivore, that, that looks like that. I think a lot of bodybuilders, people who have experience in anabolics can clearly see like, this is not just steak or raw meat. So I think we've done a good job of like behaviors underlie everything. So let's take it to like the more advanced client now. So one thing I run into a lot is a lot of buddies that are in decent shape, maybe like that 15 to 20% body fat. They want to get lean, start seeing some abs again. They way underdo calories. They start way over training. So how do you manage that client that's, that's not getting enough calories in? Is it watching the number of total calories they're getting? Is it a protein target? How do you manage like the calorie macros with that kind of client? So when, you know, if you're kind of crafting an initial prescription for somebody, what we might call a baseline, right? It really doesn't matter if they're advanced or not advanced. You know, this is all going to factor into the prescription based on what we would consider their biometrics. I like to use multipliers that remain consistent. So I know that for most people, you know, eating 12 calories per pound of body weight is going to get them into an initial caloric deficit. But I also understand that there are outliers. People that have a lower amounts of body fat to begin with might need a little bit more than that. People that are older might need a little bit less than that. People with over 10% body fat are going to need less than that. People that are not as trained or don't have the same activity level are going to need less than that. So what I do is, is I subtract pounds off of their body weight times 12 to get them into an initial caloric deficit. So let me give you an example, right? Let's take somebody who's under 40 years old, who's under 10% body fat, who trains five days a week. Think about like, okay, the fit guy at the gym, we'll take his body weight, let's say 200 pounds, multiply it by 12, and he'll get a 2,400 calorie nutrition prescription to start. Now, I don't know if that's right. I have no idea. Like he might react awesome to it in the first week. He's losing one to three pounds. He might react terribly where he gains five pounds. He might lose way too much, way too fast. So I I don't know. So that baseline is the litmus test. So, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start. It matters that you're evaluating against it. And I just give them my best guess as to where to start based on the numbers I've seen across thousands of athletes and, and manipulate it like that. If that same athlete was over 10% body fat and over 40, they might get closer to 2000 calories. You know, we might subtract anywhere. And that's why I love looking at their picture to kind of see based on their total body mass. And you can kind of roughly estimate their body fat percentage, how much lean tissue are they actually holding? Because that is ultimately what the caloric prescription is about, right? It's about maintaining it and even in some cases developing more lean muscle tissue. So we need to make sure we're taking care of that 
to start with. Otherwise, we're going the wrong direction. And you'll shut somebody's metabolism down if you do it too aggressively, too fast. In terms of macronutrient prescriptions, you have a lot of wiggle room here and there, but I like to start people just middle of the road, usually about 40% protein, 30% carbs, and 30% fat. It is carbohydrate restricted, but they're still getting some carbs. You know, people are so afraid of carbohydrates, they think it's going to just mess up their chemistry. That's not the case. Like, and I think it's good for people when they start to actually still have carbohydrates. It's good for performance. You know, they don't have to be afraid of it. They just need to understand and respect them, you know, like have some, but don't go crazy. <laughs> like, cause that's where you get hurt. So usually about 30% carbs and about 30% fat. In some cases, if they're older athletes, we might bump the fat up and bring the carbs down. They tend to do a little bit better. I've seen in general with more almost ketogenic style diets. It's nice to have that slow digest, a little bit more fat because usually their digestion and metabolism is like a little slower to begin with. Uh, some people are very carbohydrate sensitive. So you might encounter someone where even just a little bit of carbohydrates, they can't lose if they're blown up. That's pretty rare. But most people that are trained have pretty good carbohydrate sensitivity. And so 30% is going to be fine for them to begin with. And again, usually I look at the calories first before I start playing around with the macronutrients, knowing that 40, 30, 30 is, is going to be home base for most people. What's your favorite carb source for the listeners out there? It, it depends on what you're doing. You're right. If you're trying to gain muscle mass, I love like rice, potatoes, pastas. Those are great because you can eat a lot of them, right? When it comes to cutting, you're probably going to get more carbohydrates from some fruits and vegetables just because you'll be able to eat a higher food volume. So your meals end up looking like a little leafier, maybe. You know, it, when, I, when I do use carbs, I usually use rice, like white rice. It's easy. It's digestible. It's, it assimilates really well. When I'm engineering like a, a nutrient timing schedule for athletes cutting, typically the majority of their calories are going to be in a six-hour window before and after their main lifting workout. And that's one of the principles I use with myself and, and them to be able to almost balance the anabolic signals where we're trying to uptake nutrients and preserve or even grow some muscle with the catabolic signals in the body that's going to you know try to be mobilizing energy and pulling muscle glycogen stores and getting into adipose tissue. So it's understanding the balance of those two and actually creating strategic spikes in the, the energy available in the body so you can capitalize on anabolism without just wasting away. And that's where a lot of diets go wrong is they just diet people down and it eats away all their muscle. I've looked at DEXA scans from our athletes that have DEXA scans that look like this. This is body fat. This is muscle mass. So I, we saw somebody gain, I think it was like three and a half pounds of lean t- muscle tissue while they cut their body fat down by almost three percentage points. So, I mean, that's little strategies like that. Again, they're still in the same amount of food at the end of the day, but it's like where we're putting it that offers them the best opportunity to grow even when they are cutting the body fat. That's great. Now we were talking before we started recording about this little poison that like people like to partake in called uh, alcohol. Can we talk about why folks like you just avoid it at all costs? I mean, obviously you've got a plan here, man, right? You're, you're building something. It's your body. You just said you, you stay away from it entirely. My wife and I, like, we don't really touch it at all. It just, it has no place in our life because we invest so much in ourselves, right? In our health, the amount of money we spend on doctors and the food bills and, and every resource we can like be the best, healthiest version of ourselves. In addition to the fact that like, we're also role models for our athletes too. So it just doesn't serve any of our goals. It doesn't really give us much pleasure. And I see it as something that's, you know, degenerative, not regenerative, you know, like 
there's two types of drugs. You have degenerative drugs and regenerative drugs. And, and you know, I, I prefer to stay away from the ones that are going to just hurt me, you know, try to invest myself in, in things that are going to help me. I don't mind partaking in substances, but it's got to be the right substance where it's ultimately going to be helping me towards my goal. Well, it's just one of the biggest derailers for people trying to get on a diet. Since this is more diet focused, this conversation, just one of the very first things I say to people that are trying to clean up their stuff, and I'm by no means a nutritionist, is are you drinking a lot? Are you drinking at night? Like, you know, that usually leads to 1, 2 a.m., socializing, eating like shit. Next morning, sucks. You're four pounds heavy. You're, you're carrying a whole bunch of water weight, you know. If you really hit it hard on a Saturday night, you're not back to your normal self probably well, till Thursday. I- it's funny, like I'm I'm so far removed from like drinking alcohol. You know, like um, I mean, I remember in college I was a baseball player, and, and then in pro ball too, there was a lot of drinking going on. And we was like, you know, I'm in my twenties, and it was multiple nights a week with like drinking, you know, eight drinks and you know eight beers or whatever, and still being able to like wake up and you know play a game and feel awesome and have abs or whatever. But like that's what you get away with when you're young. It's funny. When I went to my 10th high school reunion and now my 20th high school reunion, what a physical toll alcohol has on your body. It's like you look at people and you're like, what the fuck happened to this person? You know, this is just 20 years of partying or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't even know how much they're drinking. I know that they they do. You know, they obviously are. Usually we go to these places. I see everybody, you know, at these reunions drinking, but I don't touch it. And I can say that my wife, you know, in addition to the fact that we probably live differently, I don't really look like my classmates, you know, like I'm in my 40s now and most of them look like, you know, they have bellies that go way beyond their chest and, you know, they're, they're starting to look a little potato-ish. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's funny. The, the, the things make the rounds on social media and the, the Huberman podcast, the, the guy Huberman Lab, he's doing all the alcohol, you know, alcohol's down. That's such a low-hanging fruit, right? Like alcohol's bad for you. Well, no shit, but, you know, I'll probably, you know, and again, I'm not nearly as invested in my body as you, but I'll, I'll still have a few drinks on a Saturday night. Or play Every time I go to the market, I'm like, I look at the, I look at the wine and I go, maybe, maybe it'd be a good idea if I had a couple, you know, a glass of wine at night, maybe that'll help me. <laughs> and then I just think about like all the liver supplements I'm taking and I'm like, nah, it's a bad idea. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like the liver supplements are in there fighting for the lives yeah. of glass of wine. And quickly, before we let you go, let's touch on, you touched on intermittent fasting. We've flirted with the conversation around here a couple of times. I usually start eating afternoon every day and I'm done usually by about eight. I love it. And it takes a lot of the thinking out of it. So uh, it sounds like you do much of the same. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I've been doing now. It's helped me, you know, just cause like right now I'm not doing anything. I don't have any, you know, competitive goals or anything at the moment. So I'm just trying to like, you know, get myself as healthy as I can manage my day, feel successful, stay lean and aesthetic. It's helped me get up earlier for sure. You know, and you wait when you're hungry, you're, you're up and, and, you know, it allows me to maybe get, get ahead a little bit when the beginning of the day, not have to focus on food too much, uh, usually better energy overall. And then, the timing, you know, because it is a structure, it's like you have something to look forward to. You're just trying to like make it to that first meal, you know, so keep getting the work done. And I think it's conducive to an early riser kind of mentality. I was wondering if, am I cheating? Cause I get my workouts in, in the morning. I'm usually out of the gym by like eight 39. I hit a creatine and protein shake. Now that I think about it, 
I'm not intermittent fasting. I'm, I'm eating 120 calories in a shake. Yeah, or, or, but you know I, what? Like, I, I wouldn't look at that. So, you know, you're really looking at your blood sugar, okay? You know, that's really your, your fasting glucose and, you, you know, extending out. So that stuff that's not going to affect blood glucose too much. I don't think that's an issue. You're talking about like 100 calories. I have athletes, and I guess you could call it a quasi-intermittent fast, but even in the shred, like they wake up, they do their fasted cardio, and then they get a protein shake in So because it's always hard for them to hit the high amounts of protein. So they need to be getting it in, but what they don't need is caloric density or high amounts of carbs that are going to cause a, a blood sugar spike. So even in that, you're still getting the benefits of it. I think it's, it's like when you sit down, you actually eat a good meal with like, you know, 50 grams of carbs or 30 grams of carbs that now you're going to raise that blood sugar. Awesome. Well, that makes me happy. Well, good. So look, how can people find you? Although I'm sure they already know you if they're listening to this, but always like to give that out. And then I'm just going to say, I'm going to commit to it, man. I'm going to get my wife and I, one of the, one of these. Oh, wait, I didn't tell you, dude. So if you do it with your wife, we do a two for one deal. So we do, we call it the couple shred. And you just, you put two in your cart or whatever, and and you put in the code shred for two. It's all capitals. It's all one word, S H R E D F O R the number two, and it'll discount your two purchases down to one. And you guys like, I love, we have a lot of husbands and wives doing that in the groups. And it's great because it helps with compliance so much when you're both on the same schedule, you're both doing the food prep together. You're both getting competitive with one another. So we've had a lot of, actually, we had a couple of husband and wife winners that won the overall and we gave it to both of them because they both had like crazy transformations i love that that's yeah. awesome well i'm glad i brought it up yeah go check it out so um you, uh, you can find me at thunderbro.com it's t-h-u-n-d-r-b-r-o so like thundr bro there's no way in thunder and you can find uh, us at Thunderbird. You can find me at Dave Freaking Lipson on Instagram. Hit me up with whatever you guys got. You know, uh, I, I love getting to talk to athletes and hopefully pointing you in the right direction. And that's honestly uh, all I do all day is like education. So it's it makes me feel really good to be able to work with people and help them out. All right, man. Well, thanks. Awesome, guys. Thank thanks, you for, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks, we'll check you later. Yeah, later. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Man, for an over 40-year-old, guys, looks better every time we talk to him. Immaculate flow on the hair. I mean, I, the guy just gives me energy. He gives me energy, and we said it last time. I'll say it again. It's because he loves what he does. You know, he just fucking loves it. He's like, hit me up if you have questions because I got shit to say. And that is refreshing. Those delts were popping, dude. It's very distracting. <laughs> it is distracting quickly touching on a couple of the topics rob i think i may have asked you this before but you ever mess with intermittent fasting yeah i have at times i'd say over the last year i, I just felt like it was taken away from my workouts i already eating breakfast again it felt so good going to workouts since yeah. i trained earlier now that i haven't really gone back to but at some point i probably will one tip because nick you guys i kind of do it backwards where i like if i'm working like especially on my long days monday tuesday thursday i'll eat dinner at like four and that creates a nice food window on the back end. How yeah, old like, are you? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, well, here's the thing. I either eat it at four when like before my mad rush of patients comes in. So I can eat at four before they come in or I have to wait till it's 8 PM. And I don't want to eat at 8 PM. It's too late. What time does golden corral open? Uh, four. I, I'm, I'm there for the early bird. <laughs> I can't handle it. I'm dying over here. <laughs> 
How old are you, bro? Four? <laughs> no, look, I mean, an intermittent fast is an intermittent fast. It doesn't matter when you start it and when yet. I mean, as long as you get that window, right? Get your get your windows, man. It's living life backwards. Damn, that's funny. Oh, it's good. Hey, shred for two. That's cool. I'm going to see if Mal wants to do it. She likes these little challenges. So we might do that. I don't know when. I'm, I'm already thinking what month I could actually carve out. Football's coming up. You guys know me. I'm pretty bad when it comes to that. Maybe January. We'll see. What do you got, Rob? Anything? Yeah, you're going to glaze over a liver pills thing. What? Does this cause a lot of strife in the household that she's taking liver king supplements? Or I mean, that's like 200 could, bucks a month, isn't it? Dude, I could never no. see Mal taking I, I think this is made up. I could never see Mal taking liver pills. She, she, hold on. Mallory! <laughs> Bring your liver pills in here. We got a question. <laughs> yeah, look. I've been telling her to take fish oils for for years. It's the one thing I read that I think you know you should take, and she's always like, "Oh, they're too big; they hurt to swallow." Talking about you taking these liver pills, <laughs> have you realized anything from it? Fun, yes, I'm making fun of you. Have I realized anything? Not yet. I'm just amazed she does it. I just didn't believe that she actually did it. I can't believe it. I haven't finished a full bottle yet, though. Hasn't finished a full bottle. Well. All right, that's all. They just didn't believe me, so I had to put you on the spot. Hopefully, the audio picked that up. She is taking them, and hopefully, this is the last bottle that I nurse my my household. But we'll see. No, they're they're cheap. They're like forty or fifty bucks. That's how you know they don't work. So, if we're keeping track here, now your wife is on the liver pills, and your sister was on smashing greens. <laughs> awesome family. Jackie did do smashing greens, and I actually said it was fantastic. She loved it. She used it as a meal replacement. She was getting ready for her, her wedding. I'm not sure how healthy that is, but she was looking ripped. So who knows? Smashing greens. Dude, the smashing greens, the smashing frog. Who'd have thought that guy doesn't even work out, by the way? I kind of want to fire up Mitch again. I mean, I, that guy was definitely a Hall of Famer for his own reasons. He's been shadow banned like 14 times on Instagram. It's great. <laughs> yeah, he's had a rough day. He was shadow banned on Zoom, too. So we had to find another avenue to record this. <laughs> It just gets blocked, like just his name comes up. I don't want my email associated with his email anymore. (laughs) It's actually the only thing I want. You can put that on my tombstone is us having any link at any point in our lives together. Uh, Hey, man, I like that you're sticking with Thunderbro. And I know when you worked out of that injury, there was some unknown. But look, it's paid off. I think we tell you and we give you some bullshit. And I want to touch on the 100-pound kettlebell challenge that you did. But, man, your legs look juicy and thick in those things. I mean, you look look really good when you sent that video on Friday. I don't know if you put it online or not. But tell the listeners about that challenge that Tony teed up for us. Yeah, I threw it up there. And um, that was hard. I talked about you guys, and I, I was literally thinking, like, I love goblet squats. I like heavy goblet squats. Like, it's kind of, I don't want to say wheelhouse. Nothing's really in my wheelhouse, but I was like, there's a world where I could finish 50. Dude, I got to 11, and it was it was hard. So I got to 31 total, but I would say anybody that can complete 50 of those, I think you guys could both do it. You're going to sweat, though. It's it's not easy. It's really fucking hard. When um, are you going back my, to round two? Are you going to do it in a couple weeks? Like, what do you? I was thinking a couple. I would give it a couple weeks because I just like I, I felt it, and there's just you know maybe it's 32, maybe it's 34, but 40 ain't happening um, anytime soon. But that's a good goal. Like if I hit 40 of those, that's like a good progress. Actually, where I gave out, not my legs at all, 100 my my pecs, my anterior delts, my chest, my thoracic held up well, my legs held up well, which I think speaks a lot to the training. But I'll tell you, my uh, chest. That was where I lost it. Squatting deep there, too, man. Those squats are looking good. Really deep. 
I was thinking too deep, honestly. I was like, for 50 of those, let's bring up that depth a little bit because, man, you were paying for it in those holes. I tell you, I was paying for it, but if I did it, I want, didn't want anybody to fucking say anything about fucking cheating depth. You know, like you're throwing something on the internets, you know, people, you know, feel a certain way about it. I'm like, nobody could say I'm going to not hit depth on these motherfuckers. No doubt about it. I know we touched on the pork loin up front, but, you know, that's your meal prep for the week. You have a nice little side prepared. You, you, you're excited about this. You're going out. You're stepping out a little bit. You're not doing the chicken meal prep. Just rice and the pork loin. Just keep it simple. I, I usually throw some veggies in there, too, but didn't get the – I was grocery shopping with the kiddos today. So to take them to Sam's and then where I like to buy my veggies at Produce Junction was just too big a fucking task. I just – white rice, pretty boring. Easy day. You guys have anything good planned for Labor Day? You're gonna be I'm sure Rob, you got something lined up on the menu, right? <laughs> no, I'm I'm traveling this weekend, dude. I gotta go to Brooklyn for a wedding. I, I figured Brooklyn was like a, a little bit cheaper than Manhattan for hotels. I'm staying in like a three star hotel for five hundred bucks for one night. It's, that, that's my weekend. There's nothing cheap about that state, I don't think, especially not anywhere close to Manhattan. So oh, what a what a hellscape. You um, must like this person, huh? <laughs> Oh, great, great dude. Shout out to Skin. All right. Well, good for you, Skinny. Nick, and you're asking, you have the audacity to ask me what I'm doing. I'm hanging out with you, motherfucker. Well, yeah, not, not, uh, yeah, not for, I don't know when you're coming down to Delaware. When are you coming down to Delaware? Sunday. And I'll see you Monday. Fantasy draft season. Yeah, fantasy draft season. We'll, we'll be talking about that. We're going to have a special episode about it. You guys are going to hate it. <laughs> if we're moving one step closer to my goal where um my first idea for a podcast when i figured out what podcasts were is just i have a solo podcast with like two listeners and i just complain about my golf and my shitty fantasy teams and you know we're almost there almost there. it's bill simmons he's created a 300 million dollar platform about it so yeah. yeah at this point he just talks about himself nine times out of ten anyway <laughs> What are you streaming? You know, unfortunately, I don't have anything new. I'm still finishing up Mr. Mercedes. But I will say that the books, I told you last week, I really like the second book. They're doing it a little different. So it's like season one and two are books one and three. And season three is book two, which was my favorite. So I'm digging it. We got three things for sports I want to talk about. None of them are football because we'll get into all that later. For one, Serena right now going up against number two. So if when we drop this podcast, she's still in the U.S. Open. Pretty cool. 40 years old. This is her last run at it. Speaking of last run at, pull holes. Do we have bets? Does he get to 700? He needs six. He's only hitting home runs off of left-handers. He's like one of the worst hitters in the league off righties. Statistics show he's probably not going to get it, but six homers to go. And then we got Judge, who's a 51. So, you know, all the haters say the Bonds and the Maguires and the Sosa numbers don't matter. So he's within reach of the Roger Maris thing. So, you know me, boys, I'm always trying to bring baseball to the forefront. I know you're big into it right now, Dan, with the O's. But these home run records are are pretty fun to be tracking. Yeah, I'd love to see. I mean, I'm cool with Judge getting it, even though he's a coward for not competing in the home run derby, you know, in the Yankee uniform this year. I think he gets 63. Pujols hitting 700, I think, is a little – because, I mean, he's 42. I mean, to, to he's what does he have, like eight more left to, in a month? Seven more six. Six and a – well, you know, maybe. I th- And I think that if he's – like, honestly, I'm not like a one for like coming back a year later if you're not still playing. But I, I, if he's like 698, come back for another year and hit fucking two home runs. Come on. I mean, he's batting 275 with 15 homers right now. Dude's not player, having a yeah. – He's not player. having a bad year. They're using him so intermittently. So it's like, 
come back for the first half of the year and hit your 700 because right now he's going to be behind Bonds, he's going to be behind Ruth, he's going to be yeah. behind Aaron and A Rod. It's like, dude, get 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 ahead of A Rod. I like A Rod better than Pujols, but that's me. <laughs> of course you do. I love A Rod. Real quick, Dan, where does Judge fall on your uh, scale of male body worship? What do you think about his body? I don't see him shirtless enough, but I will say that. Aaron Judge, <laughs> like if he had more shirtless picks like Gronk, I'd be he'd be pretty high up probably. But like, I always thought Gronk was like the final evolution of human beings, where like the size, the speed, the hand-eye coordination. I feel like Judge and like when I first saw him play outfield, I'm like, oh, he can fucking move. Like you, you might think be the- Giannis and LeBron are that. Just in the power sense, like, like, I guess with LeBron, you, you know, he's as powerful as those guys. So maybe, yeah. you know, I, I just see Gronk and Judge as just bigger, more powerful dudes. Man, it's just he's a total... 6'8", 282. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> oh, he's huge. He's so big. He's so big. And he's like so, a solid. Tw- he's, he's, he's a solid 20 pounds heavier than when he came in the league. I mean, you look at those early years of the Cavs and I mean, he was not nearly as muscular as he is now. When you really pay attention he to him walking in the batter's box versus the guy in front of him or behind him, he's awkwardly large. It's so ridiculous. It's like if you created a player and you maxed out the height on like yeah. the show. Yeah. It looks ludicrous. So it's it's insane. Any hitters? I'm going to go with the one I couldn't pronounce last week because I looked up the actual title. The slowest drink at the saddest bar on the snowiest day in the greatest city by the Lawrence Arms. That's why I couldn't see it because it. Didn't scroll across the Spotify thing. There's got to be an acronym for that. What about you, Rob? I got Head Sprung by LL Cool J. Ladies loving Cool James. That's a great song. I haven't heard that song. Great song. And I don't know if I put this on there. The reason I said I didn't have one is because I think I have. But if I haven't, Pardon by T.I., Unfucking beatable gym song. One of the best gym songs I've ever heard. So I don't know if it's already on our, our playlist, but if it's not, bump that shit. I was thinking that today, and I couldn't remember either because I was playing it during my deadlifts, and it got me through very nicely. Hearing T.I. on pretty much anything is going to put me in a good mood. I mean, that guy's got a a great voice, great voice, one of my all-time favorites. And he knocked out one of the chain smokers for trying to kiss him, so... (laughs) Didn't he, didn't he harass somebody at a comedy show too? Like there was some, probably he probably I did mean, it all. He was doing like uh, some stand up comedy and harass somebody. Like, my kind of guy, you know. I, yeah. I like I like somebody who's gonna just fire a curveball in society. All right. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that. We'll be back again next week with more self involvement. <laughs> Later. Later.